by far, by far, these are uh, crazy times. And uh, for those of us with kids, especially, it gets even more difficult uh, because inevitably kids are starting to figure out what's going on and that this uh, March break isn't just a March break anymore. It's very different. Uh, so we thought we'd bring in uh, somebody who knows a thing or two about talking to our kids. Linda Kelly is from Kelly Mental Health and joins us this morning via Skype. And you don't like being on Skype because it's different, isn't it? I can't see your face, John. I'm really, really nervous about that. That's it's a face for radio, so you're not missing anything. Listen, um, uh, your job uh, is an important one, and uh, in talking to people and talking to people through times like this uh, is certainly something that uh, none of us have been through before. Uh, you're no exception to that. This is very different. But there are young people that are probably struggling with this far more than we are now because they're starting to figure things out. Um, what do you, what do you say? What are you saying to your kids? Well, my, uh, I have a 10-year-old, so my 10-year-old, because he obviously has a therapist for a mother, um, gets to hear about a lot of stuff that maybe a lot of kids aren't told about. I'm, I've always been very straight with him. Um, but, I mean, there's a difference in the way that you do it. Like you, The thing about it is, is that uh, parent and child relationships sometimes, in a way, is kind of like a therapist and a client. If you're a client, you go to the therapist and you're asking for advice, the therapist is not going to unload all over you like, yeah, I'm scared too, right? You can't do that. Um, as a parent, you have to convey a sense of calm and confidence, even if you're not feeling that way. But you don't have to be invulnerable either. You you have to be able to acknowledge the situation because no matter what you do, if you have a child and they have access to any kind of technology, they know more about this than you think they do. Right. Like the kids are talking about it to each other in the schoolyard. Um, you know, my son comes up and, and says, you know, are a lot of people going to die from this? And you don't want to fuel panic. But what you want to do is let them know that they have some kind of control over this. Right. Right. Because, uh, yeah, panic comes from not having control. That's right. Um, my 12-year-old daughter uh, is a figure skater and uh, went through that whole I can't believe they're canceling the rest of the year and I can't believe I'm not in the ice show and and was legitimately bummed about that, um, but really didn't understand the impacts of everybody else. And so that conversation was kind of an interesting one to say that, you know, you you may be missing out on this and this ain't a three week vacation for you, but there are a lot more people worse off than than we are with this. So how deep do you get into that? How much do you have to tell them? How much should you tell them? Well, first of all, I think that you should validate them, you know, for the for the fact that they are missing out on stuff, for the fact that they are going to be isolated, because this isn't a vacation for anyone. Uh, validating how they feel will disarm that sense of anxiety, that sense, the lack of control, and will make them feel understood. And then going on to say, you know, that there's there's a lot going on in the world. Um, there's a lot of bad stuff. For example, some kids don't even understand how uh, colds and flus are transmitted. Right. Uh, I just found about there. There's a, a show called Storybots, and they have an episode called "How Do People Catch a Cold." You can get uh, catch this on YouTube. Really neat, really kid friendly. Explains how this stuff is transmitted, and then uh, from there, it's kind of a, a matter of depending on the the person's um, development. You know, what what will they understand? What will they take in? What is necessary for them to know? If they have questions, we should be answering them. It's it's not as easy as it sounds, though. No, no, of course it's not. It's uh, because, again, thinking back to their development, there's some kids that will 
think about what's going on and they'll panic and think that, you know, everybody around them is at risk and uh, feel uh, they might start exhibiting some separation anxiety. Uh, For example, I I heard of um, one particular kid in my life who the parents came back home after being at work and he was just raging mad at them. Where were you? Why weren't you home? He's just panicking. But, you know, what they probably need to do then is to let him know that, you know, this, these are what the chances are of catching this. Right. And uh, the reason that we are doing this is that is such a, it's a wonderful reason. As a community, as a world, we are coming together to protect each other. And that's why these things are getting canceled. That's why we're staying home. I, do you think, I, I'm starting to think that um, although it's going to get more and more difficult for all of us as more things get shut down or canceled or, or the world changes as it's going to, um, that these conversations are going to change pretty dramatically in the next week or two, do you think? I think so. As a business owner, it's going to change for the right. way that I speak to my staff even. Right. Because we, we, we just don't know what's coming. And that that's that's really a big problem. Uh, in Thunder Bay here, I, I was saying on our, our first little podcast we recorded yesterday, uh, our hospital has been in gridlock since it opened. Right. That's true. Right. That <laughs> on a regular true. day. Yeah. So the wave is real, and and so the conversations are going to change a little bit too. But um, going for, forward, do you think that these conversations, with especially with our kids, um, need to get a little bit more in depth? And and how much how far do we go, and how much do we tell them as we uh, venture through this very unknown territory? Hmm. Well, that's a good question, John. Because well, <laughs> I'm it's asking, not one I'm that asking I... as a dad because I don't know. Well, it's not one that that is an easy answer because for me, where I'm coming from, I'm very honest, very truthful about this is what the situation is. Um, There are people that have died. There are people that are in quarantine or in isolation, that this is a threat to uh, what we've learned, you know, to a specific population, perhaps more vulnerable people, immunocompromised people. This could be a threat. And... uh, there are videos on YouTube that explain this very well, just what is the threat of COVID-19. And, you know, for a very young, young child, all they need to know is this is what you need to do. You need to wash your hands. You need to stay inside. We need to learn how to do things just on our own. Uh, and maybe that's all they really need to know. But an older child, you can't gloss this over. They, they need to know what it is. This is history being made. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I think, the part that so many people are, the ones that are kind of brushing this off as that it's not a big deal, um, in a way are the same as the ones that are panicking. It's because we've never, ever, ever seen anything like this before. Oh, exactly. I've I've never seen a, the school system shut down for, I mean, uh, I was reflecting back when we had that big snowfall of, like, what, 96? Yeah, couple, there was a couple <laughs> of days there. And I'm thinking, there. Oh, that was a good couple of days. <laughs> yeah, three weeks is a, is a whole different story. Uh, what about, speaking of that, what about this long time at home? Um, you know, there's parents that are, are talking about ways to even start homeschooling their kids and, and how we're going to spread this time out and what we're going to do in the house and how to keep them entertained. What kind of advice do you have for uh, keeping kids busy over the next couple of weeks? If you are a person that thrives on routine, and children do definitely thrive on routine, then uh, doing a quick internet search will pull up tons of ideas for ways to structure your day. You can definitely put that into place in terms of, you know, here's an, an hour for uh, for research, an hour for arts and crafts, something like that. Um, for many of us, 
the break is actually needed, mm. you know, to just have some unstructured time to even just learn how to run a household when you have fewer supplies. Um, kids today, they, they are missing out on a vital education. In fact, you know, my generation lost out on that because we don't know that you can wash dishes without palm olive. You know, we <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> we don't know that uh, we don't need all of these little products that we buy in these little bottles. We can actually make so much of it ourselves. And the internet is your best friend. A great way to a great way to learn, isn't it? It's wonderful. I, it's I'm, really a different way to look at it. I'm coming home every day to a new recipe and experimentations in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> some of them I wish I never tasted, but others we're, we're doing okay. <laughs> Um, going, yeah, well, going, that's not really great for kids, though, is it? <laughs> that's for sure. Going forward, um, your business is probably going to get real busy. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be looking for help from uh, people like you. Well, you know, we're kind of in a weird place because we're a private facility. So when people's jobs are getting cut back, they may not have access to benefits. They may not have that, you know, that money that they need to spend to, you know, access mental health care. And, uh you know, it's just a really weird time. We have some people that have government benefits that they're able to come. Um, but, you know, for the betterment of society to protect our community, we're not quite sure where we draw the line. So what we may do instead is try to offer all telephone, all online for a while. Nice. Um, and then what I'm doing as well is we're doing a podcast. We're going to try to do it every day just to talk about what's going on, to acknowledge the fact that this this uh, situation right now is causing panic attacks for people. Uh-huh. It is causing mass hysteria. We talk about the, the toilet paper issue uh, and people just hating on each other. It's so hard to listen to, but this is because it's panic. It's not malicious. Right, right. right. That's, a great way to, so, that's a great way to point that out, that it's not personal. It's part of the panic. It is, and it's not It's not something that people are actually sitting down and thinking about, and, hey, I'm going to go be a jerk and clear out the store. Like, right. it is, it's panic. It's the only way that people can feel some sense of control, like, okay, we've stocked up, we're okay, we'll stay home now. Mm. It's obviously having a big impact on people that don't have the means to stock up or we're a little bit too late, but this will write itself. Our distribution, our supply, it's not shutting down. Uh, Linda, tell us where we can find your podcast and your uh, your your daily discussions uh where can people find you yeah um so we're sharing our podcast right now it's popped up on spotify so you can search it with uh, kelly mental health or linda kelly and uh, it's also on our website kellymentalhealth.com and of course we're very very active on facebook instagram all the social medias that most of us should be staying off of right now Uh because every post is about (laughs) covid19 yeah that's true uh registered social worker psychotherapist from kelly mental health linda kelly thank you so much for this time this morning it's important information and uh uh, let's keep in touch and uh and regroup in a, a week or two and see where we're at all right thanks john thanks so much for the time